you know what? I think I'm going to go to bed. I'm mm-hmm. going to listen to that podcast that B recommended. Yeah. I've only fallen asleep to it about 20 times already, but still. <laughs> Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Conveyor. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We overanalyze minor details in the Aussie soap Neighbors. And we are in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios. That's our headquarters. I'm Vaya, a telewriter who never suspends disbelief. I have Kate, who's a nightly neighbours snarky tweeter, who's known as Remude. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> Happy 2020, Kate. Yeah. Fresh as a daisy. It's been good so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for phoning in your crucial special comments. No worries. Last couple of eps. CJ, Catherine Jones, hot mess mum. Hello. Hot mess mum, relevant to many chats we need to have this episode. I know. I'm loving my representation. You've got an ally on I that. I do. <laughs> An ally called Eli. <laughs> I love it, you know, because um, I've had friends that tell me I'm not a hot mess enough. Like I'm not, I don't drink enough to be a hot mess. And it's like, no, no, you don't have to drink. You can still be a hot mess. Oh yeah. yeah. We're, in fact, we're doing hot mess pod. We're all in our Jimmy jams. Yeah. When I received the text that you guys were saying you're in your gym jams, I was like, oh, I actually was wearing my normal pants. But I was like, oh, well, I'll just go back change them. Me too. I was I was in my normal clothes, and CJ said I'm wearing pajamas. Yeah. So we've supported her choice. It's, it's lovely. It's nice. I've had a big dinner, so it's good to have a loose band. <laughs> really? Eating pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll get chatting about Ellie shortly. Neighbours Council business. The business again. Firstly, thank you to the Nabe Awards for <gasps> popping us into the nominations for Best Podcast. Oh, thank you, guys. I, I already voted. Oh, thanks. I haven't. Yeah, Did I didn't do the honourable thing and vote for someone else. I voted for us. <laughs> Every vote counts. Um, um, I really enjoyed it because I love doing a quiz. It felt like a dolly quiz. Oh, excellent. Yes. Follow the Nabe Awards, N-E-I-G-H-B, on Twitter and the link. follow the links. Patrons have returned to the fold after taking a break over Christmas. They've returned in droves. I'm so grateful at patreon.com slash neighbourspod. Emma... Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much, David. Much appreciated. And Stuart, who has put forward a couple of cracker topics in the Neighbours Council lately. Stuart had posted, uh, if you could evict three people from Ramsey Street, who would they be? And that, ladies, look, we won't get too political, but that topic's gone gangbusters. You know, I find a lot of people suggest Gazcan. And when I saw potential spoiler that said he might be going, which I actually don't think is true. No. I was like, I was actually a bit sad. You need someone to be uh, you your, your whipping boy. Yes. Your modern Lou Carpenter. I le- Perennial loser. Mm-hmm. I learnt my lesson after Det Mech left and I was one, oh. one scapegoat down. Although I, I had a chance to be a hot mess mum this week when I saw a shot of him back on set. Oh, um, what's his name? Scott McGregor. Mm. So it was during its current filming because the filming person's wearing a face mask because of the uh, smoke. Smoke. Yeah, in Melbourne. Um, and he's back in his cop straps, you know, when he's got like his gun holster. Is yeah. he is he licensed to carry in Victoria, seeing he's allegedly a South Australian Doesn't cop? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Mm. I mean, there might not have been anything in them, I'm, but he's I'll still be, wearing them. I'll be picking these plot holes when <laughs> it comes to air. Licensed to carry some facial hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So 
and he's, I think, going to be a, a, a two-time dad soon. Oh, in real life. In real yeah. life. Oh, oh, debt make wishes. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> um, and Zoe in the council, our Neighbours Council, our Facebook group, posted a cracker that she ran into Lily Vandermeer at her local shops and then that kicked off a great thread of Neighbours in the Wild. All the, the mediocre spottings you can have. <laughs> and I didn't go there to mention when when uh, Vaya and I saw like many Neighbours people in the wild in the Gold Coast and I well, shut the, down yes. and couldn't communicate. The day before, not at the Logies, obviously that was a celebrity event, but yeah. the day before the Logies. When they all just went to the pub. Yeah, we're having, we're having bloody schnitzel. <laughs> Susan's over there and we both couldn't cope. Just shut down. Like we were just like, oh my gosh, I can't. Nope. (laughs) Guess what else we did in the wild this week? Kate introduced me to a fine Melbourne establishment. Which is called Easy's in Collingwood. Give it a gooks. Easy Street. But we met one of the co-creators of The Art of Neighbours and Neighbours Council member, Ellie. Ellie. Wonderful visitor from... Sunny England, rainy England, and her hubby Martin. We meant to catch up back when I did the London show a few years back, but she couldn't make it. So this was sort of to make up for that. So she got on a plane and she came all yeah, the way here. She's she, a woman of her word. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, they were on their honeymoon. They so were, it was pretty special. We actually. were part of that. But we're, <laughs> yeah. we're having a bit of a brainstorm about where we should go for dinner. Because the tricky thing is when visitors come to Melbourne, once you do the neighbours tour, there's not that many neighbours. It's not like Summer Bay where you can go to the beach. It's not like the, the Back Lane Bar doesn't actually exist IRL. Although, Christ has risen. Back Lane Bar, all right. <laughs> this week, the Back Lane Bar lives mm-hmm. to see another night of debauchery. Welcome back, Back Lane Bar. I'm glad that whoever's taken the Back Lane Bar is just running the same show. <laughs> No, they've made no changes. As a side note, when she was having that crisis of confidence there, I thought, oh, is she having a memory of that time she, like, hooked up with Detmec afterwards? Is she remembering that moment that I'm like, oh, hang on, she owned it. I forgot about that. She's remembering pissing all her profits down the drain. Yeah, It's really difficult to deal with because she didn't work for any of the money which she used to buy it. No, it was um, crime money. It was Proceeds of stolen racehorses. And she didn't work for years and years and years saving up for it and she didn't like have a dream and even if she did we didn't know about it so we're not invested in it. Sounds like the girls I went to high school with who just got given businesses from their rich parents when they turned 18. Yeah. She like literally drank the profits as well. Mm. Yeah and she was like oh this is where I had my dream and it's like well it was two weeks. And And also she goes I never used to have to work for anyone and I'm like Leo used to always boss you around. Exactly. And, oh, Leo. The bottom line is there's no very convenient venues we can go meet you at the Blah Blah pub that's like the Erinsborough pub. So Kate had a brainwave. Let's go to Easy's. Which is a burger joint in a train carriage. Four stories in the air. Overlooking the city. Stunning. It's the best we could do. Uh, it, was, it was basically trying to go to the 82. Trying to go to the 82 without having to go on a or, restaurant tram. Or food poisoning. <laughs> but also, what a great place to visit when you're in town. So fun. And I really respect Ellie and Martin because I didn't tell – I told them not to Google it. I said, here's the address. What are your dietary requirements? Don't Google it. Don't be alarmed by the sound of chainsaws. <laughs> but also I, I forgot and later remembered that Easy Street's also known for the Easy Street murders. And I'm kind of glad. Yeah, especially that, don't Google that part. I'm glad they didn't Google it because they would have been like, where is this mole taking us? Now we're going to do a bit of a hot mess week. Uh, this week, 
God, it was tough, Yakka, getting through it. The start of the week hooked me, right, because Nellie's missing again. And obviously she's wandered around the corner to her mummy's mural. And Ellie gave us some behind-the-scenes gossip Yes, because they did the neighbours tour and she saw it up close, that wall. And there was, there was points raised on the council about, hang on, why are there exposed bricks when we saw Ned and Yashvi paint the entire wall? And you know how, like, Sonia's face looks really smooth in it for something that's allegedly painted on bricks? Mm. Well, apparently the whole wall is printed yeah. like a billboard. It's a beautiful portrait of Sonia. However, it is not what I envisaged a tattoo artist who'd been designing something abstract and interesting was toiling away over. Because he was, cast me back, I think, to the Fridays episode when he's trying to get a hold of Toadie but then he's busy and Nell goes missing because she was in a playpen and she's like 12. (laughs) Um, Isn't he saying like they're here, they've arrived, they're going to put it up, that kind of thing? So maybe it like always was on like okay. a canvas. All right. And he was just like preparing the wall. To and receive then it, the cover. The, it just didn't seem like something a tattoo artist I don't would think, concoct. I don't know. I, I just don't feel like it's got much longevity to it. <laughs> yeah. Not, like, Healing a, like, away. A, like a mural yeah. actually painted on the wall stays there for a long time. Mm. And also with his interest in the graffiti walls, you would expect it to be on the wall, right? right? And I thought it would be more graffiti-esque. And because he was practising with the mandala, I thought it was going to be really artistic. And what was with Dippy not knowing what a mandala is? They're Indian. Yeah, I look. I'm like, yeah. I think a lot of people seem to forget that some of our diverse characters are diverse. Oh. Like, Tarage has a Greek maiden name. People forget she's Greek. She's not out there offering Spanakopita. All no. right. And obviously, she doesn't need to do that to pe- for people to be reminded like that she's Greek. Like, Christos. Because didn't, like, characters that aren't actually, like, that he was always very Greek, right? Yeah, he could yeah. never pronounce yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's just. Anyway, look, Common memory at the, loss. At the end of the day, Ned clearly isn't that good an artist to render Sonia's face as well as that. And I wasn't expecting him to be. I wanted it to be more did, conceptual. Did you see what I put on the council? How it should have turned out? Like yes, that, that. I didn't understand <gasps> what the reference was. You don't know that meme? It's from like this um, Spanish cleaning lady who restored herself like this amazing fresco in their church that was starting to peel back. And she turned it from like beautiful Jesus into this like. <laughs> Gorilla Jesus. I love it. It was, it was a meme from a few years back. That all unfolds early in the week. I was on board for all of that. I mean, Coyle had his first buddy club meeting. Mm. He hosted a carpentry session where a bunch of tween boys made a box, made boxes, which mm, I, yeah. again, I thought maybe something more useful for the kids to make. Oh, my husband's on the board of the men's shed in my area. A shed that's at the local park that's been put up in the last few years where um, generally older men go to just spend time together. They have a ladies' day um, where women take over. Um, my mum's always threatening to go down. <laughs> so Hamish, of course, went to the opening and he made that exact box. Okay. So I think it's the standard, look, you're not going to be any good at this, so you can make a box. Entry level, but... <laughs> Can't you make? I thought like at open day at Year Seven orientation day, people made different, better things at woodworking class, a key ring or something. So I went to a co-ed school in Year Seven and Eight, and we had a woodwork class, and we made a wooden pencil case, which seemed to be like bog standard that everyone had made that for years. And you like had to route out like a groove along two sides of the long bits of timber, and like this bit of plywood to make the lid and everything. Yeah. Perfect. Love and it. And those kind of art classes in school, because remember you'd work on something for ages. 
I mean, yeah, I guess it did have to be something they could knock up in an afternoon. I think we had to carve a wooden spoon as well to our own design. I just remember that, like, beside the, the big saw, there was, like, a poster of what happens if you don't pull your hair back. Oh, no. Of people getting scalped. No. And, like, graphic images there. Imagine, I was waiting for Tarage to get that graphic with this little kid who wouldn't play oh, ball. Yeah. Do you want to keep your freaking eyeball, mate? <laughs> Don't stuff around with a hammer. That's when her full Greek mum came out. Look, I remember the woodworking teacher was a gruff man, probably in his 60s, that you did not cross. That, like, if yeah. you didn't treat tools with respect, you were, like, out on your ear. I can't wait to be a mum like Tarage, who's just like, Put that down right now. If everybody takes part in this activity or no one does at all, and if you muck around, you'll ruin it for everyone else. Uh, drop into a bit of Greek, yeah. angry Greek here. Oh, that's a classic Greek term, which is when you're acting up, is come here and eat wood, mm. which, you know, you'll get a whacking. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. Gosh, which, that's very descriptive. Um, no one ever did it. It was just threatened. Oh, well, was, in my day. Anyway. Was there a slipper, like, held up to threaten you with? <laughs> um, and also I was very good. So I oh, you, you, know, you never had to never, eat the wood. Never ate wood. But um, well, anyway. And that's what she's like. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I really appreciated how to rage handled those kids. <laughs> But there is obviously a place for the approach Kyle took as well. Flies and vinegar and honey and all that. But the best part of Buddy Club is they got to have bloody burgers and milkshakes afterwards. That was a scam. <laughs> That's what this money from the bloody class action has gone towards paying for burgers and milkshakes for these shitbags. Grease monkeys. Just That's goes true. straight to grease monkeys. I mean, like that's a Melbourne burger restaurant. That would be expensive. Mm. Oh, so today, um, so my daughter has done a week's worth of summer swimming lessons, mm-hmm. subsidised by the government, and there was a little shitbag in her class today who was saying to the teacher after the kids got their certificates, oh, so can I have a lolly? And the teacher's like this teenager and she's like, no, I don't have one. <laughs> and he's like, oh, but there's some in the shop up there. And she's like, no, I'd have to go and buy them to give them to you. And I'm not. <laughs> Amazing. Who is this entitled little brat? But I love that he's being taught by a millennial who's also entitled and she's just like, well, nah. (laughs) This poor woman is not getting paid enough to be in a pool that was Antarctic levels of cold. (laughs) I would be quite short-tempered if I was Mm. her too. (laughs) They give all this to my child after swimming every week. They must go to the same little school that's taught them (laughs) that you deserve a lolly. And then when they want them to be extra good, they always say you get two lollies. And so now at the end of class, he always says, do I get two lollies? Wow. Oh my God. Mm. Mate, look, today my daughter's reward was just not being in that pool anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> his warmth. <laughs> so Coil, he's, the redemption of Coil is complete. Now, the reason I struggled to get into the middle of the week, oh, this bloody Puffy, Dippy and Roxy saga. Could I care any less about this? Solidarity of the Rebecca marriage? No, I could not. I mean, you can put this in, but I did get to a point every now and then when I just put it on like two speed so I didn't have to like hear it. So Puffy works in a pub and he's got a job with a young person and an older person. Mm. He's the middle-aged person. And the mysterious Tom and Laura that I'm fascinated by. But But they're boring as hell, according to Roxy. But I want to know about Ralph, the bike. So he has gone and got himself a work-husband, work-wife relationship. Perfect. Happens everywhere. Happens to the best of us. Not with Roxy. Look, I agree, but also like, you know, I've had a work-husband, currently have a work-wife. I'd say. Hi, Claire. You don't listen, but hi. I have a work husband. <laughs> I have a work husband and I work with my spouse and he's not my work husband. Exactly. There are very different beasts than actual husbands and wives. Yeah. It's pretty much understood that you can't take work husband, work wife any further. Yeah. It's 
someone you like eat lunch with and go to the coffee machine together and yeah, and bag out the boss and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So Roxy and Dip, what's his name? Puffy. They are work husband and wife, and she's needy. And like to be honest, like it's annoying. Yeah, like she's I'm not, extremely yeah. needy. And it's not even for anything in particular. When she had was housing a kidney that everyone wanted, I understand yeah. why she was a bit mm. sad then. Now it's time to move on. It's time to move on. And she keeps calling on him. And she did that hot mess thing that girls do when they want some, more attention. When they go to the – when they get the attention, they ring and they're like, I need help. Yeah. Um, Damsel in distress. Yeah. I don't feel that it was real mental health. I think it was her mm. just – Crying out for attention. She was. She'd never drinking, buddy. She just, she's drinking alone. So Nayblog on Twitter said, "Right, oh, friend of the show, Nayblog. Yeah. Sorry, yes, friend of the show, Nayblog. Come back and give us your thoughts." Yeah, look, that's that's on me. With the time difference, just canes us. I've got to try and get onto him. Okay, so Nayblog says, "Right, Shane is handling this terribly, surely." And I replied with, "No married man should be hanging out in bars with hot young things the same age as their daughters." Also, Roxy clearly has severe daddy issues. And Nayblog says, that's my issue. He can't even see why it might look inappropriate or why Dippy might be mad. And acting like a Dippy accidentally giving Gary an eyeful is the same as ridiculous. The two situations have got literally nothing in common. I think that the two reactions, Dippy and Shane's responses to each other were off the charts. When he At one point they weren't speaking and he came into the room and he's like, Dippy. She didn't answer him. And he goes, Dippy, and screams at her. And I'm like, my partner and I have never spoken no. to each other like that. You want to answer me or what? Now, Where do you get off blabbing about our sex life to Sheila? Are you seriously going to have a go at me about that? Yeah, of course I am. I suppose I should be grateful you didn't go blabbing to Gary. What? And as a sidebar, did you hear when Dippy was saying, oh, we're going through a bit of a dry patch at the moment. We haven't had sex since New Year's, which was, what, 14 days before that point? Bloody... Yeah, like they've been, they've been married for what over twenty years yeah, now. They, that is, there's there's neighbor's character that hasn't been alive that long. Like, <laughs> and yeah, that's there is they haven't had sex in two weeks, and that's a dry spell for them. That's um, astounding. It is astounding. I am never more perplexed than when TV married couples talk about their dry spells because I'm like, two weeks is a nice little holiday. I think like, you know when I can't remember what movie it is when it says like if you ask a woman how many people she slept with. You need to double the number she gives you. And if you ask a man, you need to like <laughs> divide, it, yeah. divide it by three or yeah. something, right? It's like that. When a TV couple talks about yes. how much sex, you need to divide that by three. Totally. It's like she, she meant to say twice last year. Yeah. 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 In 2019. My birthday, Shane's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and even on her birthday, maybe she just lay back and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just half. Dippy makes bloody erectile dysfunction tea. I thought of that. Full salute. Where's your full salute, lady? I'm glad you remember that. You, you remember what I call it, the bar up tea. <laughs> uh, okay, this, oh, God, there's a lot that ground my gears here and not in the good way. And also, like, why are they having a dry spell? They just lost a child up to the Sydney and the other one's gone to stay there. You'd think that they have plenty of time for the... You know, yeah. and hang on, and Toad's going. Well, actually, after this point, Toad was going down to Colac because to rescue um, Shonky cousin Dwayne's up to no good. So oh, Chekhov's Dwayne, he'll, he'll on, be back. I got onto the Googles with that because I was like, Dwayne, 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 and I was like, Toadie's got a cousin Wayne, which is Tad's real name, and Dwayne, his cousin Dwayne, is actually Dwayne Timmons, Janelle's oldest son. So it's a Timmons Wait, reference. There's another Timmons. There was two older Timmons boys that we never met. Get stuffed. What? So she had two boys and then um, Dylan and Stingray and Janae and Brie, who was actually mixed, uh, changed, swapped at birth. There were six Timmons kids. Yeah. 
Get out. And the Timmons, they were related to the... Dwayne's a cousin on one side and Wayne's a cousin on the other side, but they share a cousin, Shane, of course. Oh, this, that's great. Well, obviously, we've got to see him soon. And there's been um, teasers that Axel Whitehead is joining the show and my money is, is oh, that yes, please. he's going to be Dwayne. Has he not been in the show before? No, he did Home and Away. Oh, oh okay. I don't even know who this person is. Oh, if he joins, yeah. we're going to have to like fill in the UK oh, yeah. listeners on yeah. that front. Yeah. Which one is he? He's what? the one who got his wang out. Yeah, I was going to say, let's save it. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll save it. <laughs> Dearie, man. We'll save this treat for another day if, I, if we're right. Now, it's okay you had a bugbear about him hanging out with pubs with 20-year-old girls. I'm like, we are human adults. There's not foul temptresses. Like, people can be around other people, even attractive people, and it's still they've got ownership over their body and their choices. They're not laying around waiting for a trap of seduction. I agree. But if I had come here tonight and said, oh, Hamish is out with Roxy, You'd be like, what the fuck? Actually, you're right. I would be like, just Roxy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's different that they're workmates and it's in a pub. Like, nah. He he dropped what he was doing at work, got old mate Gazcan, who probably doesn't have an RSA, <laughs> and has closed a criminal the business. History. It was, Sheila was and right he, to be miffed about that. he's a bloody goddamned idiot as well. Um, but also he's got Night Shining Armour issues like Ned. He's got Ned's syndrome. And... I'm surprised that he didn't mention she's our daughter's age. I was yeah. looking out for her. You would want me to go get Yashvi if she was in trouble. At the Why pub. didn't Roxy ring her cousin Ned? Because she wanted to drink with Shane. Yeah. Like friend of the podcast, Joe. She likes her men a little scruffier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I will say that Shane is the dilf of the street, but still, <laughs> ring Ned. He's a pretty cool dude. Actually, Ned was on night shift a couple of times this week, so... Well, Shane, was, Shane, Shane was on night shift. Shane was at work. Um, I just think it's highly inappropriate and I, I think it's mostly Shane that should know it's inappropriate because Roxy didn't really do anything wrong. She just rang a friend from work. Yeah. And he and shouldn't rega- be doing it. Regardless of the fact, if she's got a crush or whatever, that's beside the point. Mm. He Look, he was talking to Gary about it. Why didn't he say, Gary, I, she needs a lift home. Can yeah. you please go and yeah. get her? I'm working. You're hanging around like a bad smell. Here is yeah. my keys. Oh, go. Gosh. Literally, how, literally a bad smell. Imagine how let down she would have been if <laughs> Gary <laughs> Although what I wouldn't give to see Gazcan cutting a rug at the back lane bar. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That's I the... mean, she's had her fill of the canning men though, hasn't she? Oh, dear, oh, yes. Only a couple of weeks ago when he, when oh, they... when he went to the patch. Which we have to issue a correction because obviously we hadn't seen the follow-up episode and we assumed that they hooked up, Kyle and Roxy, and they didn't. Which was good. Yeah. She knocked him back and then judged him for assuming she was up for it, which I had also done. So I'm sorry, Roxy, I jumped to conclusions. Your coil. A coil, ja. I can't remember what Coil I wasn't old enough. <laughs> Dippy's response is outrageous. Like, give your husband the credibility. Be I just <laughs> what do you think if you if Phil was in a room with a twenty year old woman, you wouldn't be able to trust him to keep his hands to himself? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it does matter. I, I still trust him to keep his hands to himself, but I don't trust Roxy to not have her hands all over him. Doesn't matter. I, it's just inappropriate to be going in there without without saying, "Oh, look, I've got to go in and rescue Roxy from this." I, it, I'd be like, "Oh, okay." But what did he – he went in there – actually, did he have a drink with her in there? Yeah, he's, yeah he was so on the booze that's, till 2 a.m. <laughs> that's bullshit. That I'm, is utter bullshit. That is the start of a mountain of lies, that one. I'm 100% with Kate. It's not so much – I and Dippy says later in the week, she doesn't really think he's going to be pashing Roxy. It's just you are a married person – They've been together for 20 years or something. They have children together. Yeah, and whatnot. how bored would you be? <laughs> yeah, but no. Well, they're obviously not. A couple of times a week they're not bored, are they? <laughs> Look, think what they must 
I mean, at 20 years on, a couple of times a week, it must be pretty damn good <laughs> to keep doing that. But you, you just don't take a night off to go and drink with. Um, it's not the Christmas party. It's not where you go, oh, yes. well, you're going out to go out for a knock yourselves out. That's great. Yeah. Go and have fun. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I stand with Puffy. But until he freaking he blew a gasket and screamed at Dippy for flashing Gary by accident. Um, Poor Dippy. Because she thought she was spicing things up with her husband. Let me ask you this, gals. Would you then go and park yourself at your husband's place of work to do your paperwork to spy on him and his 20-year-old co-worker? She was right to because she witnessed some pretty damning behaviour from Roxy. Roxy needs to take a reality check. But more than that, Puffy needs to go, hang on, this isn't appropriate behaviour. CJ? Um, I probably wouldn't do that. I'd just have like a really triumphant argument at home <laughs> and like a lot of throwing things and stuff. <laughs> but I must admit that Roxy just, as you said, she has absolutely no idea that this is inappropriate. And I think she's just not really seeing the age difference and how inappropriate it is. But you know what? Shane has formed with this. Remember how he was with Mackenzie? He was so in her business. It's very intense. Mm. So yeah. intense. He's Too doing, intense. He's doing the same thing. And he's the same with his daughter and her love life. Yeah. With they sexed each other now, gross. I just think he's being upfront. Like what does does Dippy prefer they take it all on, offline and do secret text messages to each other? Like he's they're having conversations r- literally in front of her. The conversations that shouldn't be happening. He should be saying, Roxy, I cannot come out to bars with you. I have responsibilities at home. Which she did a, say at I first. have a commitment to my wife. And she should have been feeling chastened the next day, don't you think? Roxy's never felt chastened in her life. <laughs> but for them, for later on, for him to be all up in arms that their shifts were changed... Mm. You know, like, oh, be an adult, Shane. Yeah, he he took it to 11 and it was weird. Anyway, but I don't care if they break up um, because they're boring. Can't we have, like, one other couple other than Coos? Well, I wanted Toadie and Sonia. I just really felt that loss this week because I'm like, I just want a run-of-the-mill other family couple that just... Talking, talking about, you know, getting ready for back to school. Like imagine, and Sonia, imagine what she would have done with the Dwayne situation. That would have been fun. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously going to tease out with Dwayne what the crime was. Yeah. It involved what, a packet of almonds or something? And oh, I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the way that they're sort of threading it through with, yeah. with Suze, how she's like, mm-hmm. do we... Do we ask what he's done? Yeah. Toadie's like, don't ask. We look forward to all well, Since we're at the Kennedy Manor, speaking of stay away from that woman, can we just not trust men to be around women? Like, we, what, what society are, are we in? Are you talking about Millsy here? Yeah. Yeah, no, we can't. We can't but trust what him. What is happening? So, hey, I've forgotten he's like evil. Yeah, I know he's <laughs> evil. But what it stands for is like, can, a ma- can two people just not be in a room together without assuming that the woman is the foul temptress? I'm furious. Yeah, I agree what you're saying, but also like Sue's walked out and they look like they were going to kiss each other. So I mean, it's, and it's clear he still has a passion for her. Like, remember the photo well when he yeah, kept no, and I, everything. I don't doubt that they don't. They've got, definitely got the horn for each other, Ellie and Finn. So he, she's moved over to the Branaka house and he's still calling over Finn because he's apparently got the magic touch with babies because I guess he can lactate now. I don't enjoy this story, Propeller with Finn at all because I don't think anyone has. Magic baby, like to it's the not. it happens every now and then, right? Like somebody mm. picks up a baby and they stop crying, right? But That's it's not co- like it's a coincidence generally. And usually, yeah. it's because the parent or caregiver is very stressed or tired, and then the new person comes in with a new calm energy, yeah, and the baby I, picks up on that. I think Ellie needs to go to a mother and baby unit. Yeah, I think you're which right. Which is a it's a place where she will be cared for by nurses. They will help care for Asta. Ellie will be in a better place mentally. 
She'll be able to rest. She won't have the guilt of leaning on her housemates because she's currently wracked with guilt anytime someone offers to help and they are beyond happy to help. And she's stressed and exhausted. She'll be able to regroup, get some professional help. She fell asleep on the bar stool holding the baby upright. Do they have alcohol there too? No, they don't. Oh, that's a pity. No. How was that moment, though? You can though? get over eats, though. Oh, that's yeah. good. Could you imagine falling asleep upright on a bar stool? No, I can't, actually. I looked at that and I was like, that's impressive. I when I was, I did fall asleep a couple of times feeding the babies in the middle of the night, but I was sitting in my feeding chair. With cushions around you and stuff. Yeah, but still, I was. Uh, you're not meant to do it. Like, well, no. It's, it's, and I, I did. Know. I woke up and I was like, oh, shit. I've yeah. been, been asleep remember- for probably 45 minutes like this. Yeah, I did it on the sofa once. And you feel, like, terrible. Not from a great altitude, like a bar stool. <laughs> no, but I, I couldn't have done it without, like, a place to slump. Not over back for me, I guess. I, just I don't think. You can do it, but you actually still do have a great deal of awareness. So I don't think it's your deepest sleep of your life. No. And, and it's just, probably, when you say 45 minutes, it was probably, like, four seconds or something. Um, no. not, not with my record keeping, it wasn't. I knew essentially uh, how long it was because I had a timer on my phone. Uh. My <laughs> favourite scene from this week is when, so Susan springs Millsy about to sneak out into the night to baby whisper, um, like Asta's some kind of stallion. And Susan's like, excuse me, I'll not have this. She puts on her hoodie and she goes over the road and walks in and is like, excuse me, uh, has Millsy been coming over here? I will be taking over. She just comes in, grabs the baby, starts rocking her. She's like, I'm an old hand at this. And it was adorable. It's very hard. She won't settle. We're both overtired. There's so many other people you could call on. Yeah, I'm well aware of that. You just need to sleep. Let me settle, Asta. You go back to bed. Are you sure? Yes, of course, of course. I'm all pro at this. I just enjoyed that going, mate, you don't need some bloody wizard to come in and fix your baby. You just got to try a few other things. Also, if you're Melzy and you've got access to your really wealthy mother, call her and ask for money for Ali to get a night nurse a couple mm. of nights a week. Great. Yeah, can, really get- say, can we get a refund on the nappy service and we, can we get a night nanny? <laughs> yeah. Can also like chuck in a pallet of huggies as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's what's that's what's wrong with the kid. Although Kate has some recommendations of what might be wrong with the kid, right? With all Do the I? crying. Oh, with the crying, it's hungry. Yes. Holy shit! Like this, like seriously. Yeah, I've breastfed two babies, still feeding one now. That poor baby just that, pop a boob in its mouth. She's never got her shirt off. She's never got a breastfeeding friendly top. No. Yeah, like it's insane. I didn't learn it at the start with my first child, but with my second child, I was like, oh, hang on. I don't have to just rock them to sleep or pat them or whatever. I can just put the mute button in their mouth <laughs> and they'll go to sleep in five minutes rather than spending 45 minutes trying to comfort them. Also, yeah. devil's advocate, like I've known parents who the, the baby had trouble feeding. There might be some other medical issue. Oh, yeah. My, both my kids had tongue ties yes. as well. So, so, hey, I'm all about like sorting out. Yeah. And, so there might yeah. be something else at play here. But also like, okay, fine. If she doesn't have milk, still feed it a bottle. Yeah. Don't just avoid feeding it. <laughs> The thing is, you, you literally can't feed them enough, particularly from yeah. the boot. And they are promoting breastfeeding on the show, which is wonderful. Yeah. And they're just not yeah. really ever talking about the struggles and the ups and downs. She's just not really feeding it enough. And she's not actually saying, oh, my nipples are sore. I can't do it anymore. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But okay. Oh, the episode on Friday where the, the boys let her sleep overnight and she woke up like fully rested the next morning. And I was like, lady. Your boobs would be like concrete, like huge, <laughs> sore and hard. And you'd wake up looking like you'd been in a wet t-shirt competition as well. <laughs> and she came out and she's just like, and Kyle's got the baby in the sling really badly in the sling as well. Like not following safe you know, baby holding practices. Coil. It's, at least it's not in a pen out in the but woods But I'd be like, something. I'd walk out and I'd just go straight over, pick up my baby and go back inside to feed it. Because that was how you would feel queasy from not feeding them for that long. But also it's part of my, you know hidden agenda to mention breastfeeding every single podcast I'm on. (laughs) 
you can't actually get out of breastfeeding them at night. Like you actually do have to feed them because your, your boobs need to empty because if you don't feed them, you don't you stop producing as much milk and it's part of the, the process. If you've expressed to feed them overnight, you still need to get up and pump to pump out in the, the bottle. Of the night. Yeah, so right. you may as well feed the baby. Exactly, because it's and, quicker. And in the mother-baby unit, what's, what happens in the middle of the night? So let's pretend the boy's looking after the baby's like the mother-baby unit. I went to sleep school, but baby Madge was older. She was about yeah. eight months. And I had a friend's daughter who failed sleep school three times. But there was a lot of mums there who were there with really young babies who were there because for their own mental health. But what they would do is that the nurses would come and get you. Like they'd let you go to sleep at, say, after your last feed at 8 o'clock. They'd be like, okay, you go to sleep now. And they'd go and tap you on the shoulder and say, come in, you've got to feed the baby now. And so you'd go in, feed the baby, give it back to the nurse. The nurse would get them down, off to sleep. They would help you with that part of it. Yeah, but like that's what would happen throughout the night. Even yes, if you were yep. getting help, someone would bring it in but the that's, baby into that's feed, also, right? also something that David and Aaron could do. So she could get up and feed Asta, yeah. then hand her to the boys to burp and settle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's essentially what my husband did. That is the great part of having a partner to raise your baby with. I mean, and Ellie obviously is doing this solo, but she's surrounded by people begging to help her. Yeah, and if she could get David or Aaron getting the baby up to give to her, they could like go and heat up a heat pack to put in the baby's bassinet while the baby's having a feed. Mm. That way they don't wake up when you put them back down. So like there's all sorts of things. So this all culminates in a redonkulous moment on Thursday's episode because Susan said, Finn, you've got to focus on your other girlfriend, Ellie's sister B, and they go on a picnic in the lake. Plan B. Plan B. Yes. Literal plan B. Oh, it's terrible. So they go down to the lake to have a little date day. The good lake, not the crap lake. Yeah, Yeah. a real one. And, I mean, it was nice. The traffic was off in the distance. It was. At one point, Finn just becomes overwhelmed with not feelings but more like understanding of how – you know, he was tr- he's a kid trying to pretend he's an adult, mm. basically. We're assuming, yeah. Yeah. And he proposes to be. And she's like, get up. <laughs> no, then the episode ends. Yeah. So you have to watch the next day, which I haven't watched the whole of the next day, but I watched yeah. a few minutes so I knew what happened. And she says no. Which she I was loved. like, yes, yeah. I know. I was like. Because she, um, she, she has t- not turned him down before as she, Patrick. She ain't the saddest bitch in Aaronsboro this not week. At not the saddest bee. She yanks him up off the ground. Is like, what are you talking about? We're fine as we are. Uh, it's all a bit much and soon. Susan flips her lid when she finds out that's what he's done. And Susan is really like the horse has bolted here. Susan cannot get a handle on this situation. And someone mentioned, I forgot who, I'm so sorry. Someone in the council said, oh, it was Guy who also did a great artwork this week on the Art of Neighbours through a three men and a baby style. <laughs> that was a good one. I enjoyed that guy. Um, guy said, where's Liz? Where is yeah. Pippa? Pippa? Nah, Liz, <laughs> I took my theory on that. Some people, when they have babies, you read a lot about this online, they have like a bit of a, a rest period where they're like, nah, not accepting any visitors. It's- I reckon Ellie was like, nah. Sorry, mum, not having any visitors for the first six weeks. Well, in the Greek tradition, often it's 40 days that you don't see people. Mm. Yeah, there's a Chinese one. I think it's like six yes. weeks, but you have someone take care of you. See, that could have been Liz. Yeah. yeah, but let's face it, Liz is not bringing anything positive or supportive to this situation. Mm. Also, I feel like Liz could be one of those people that comes in kind of like Chloe did with a bottle of alcohol. Like, I'm not really good at the baby phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be better later. Also, I'm pegging Liz to being someone who'd refuse to get their whooping cough shot. Yes. And Probably because of a new set that she's fallen mm. in with. Mm. <laughs> and I reckon Ellie's just gone, oh, look, sorry, Mum, you can't see Astra until she's had her first vax. Yeah, yeah. and Liz is like... 
Amazing. I love how these wayward mums all fall in with the same crowd. The storyline I did just had zero time for this week is Chloe's corporate bullshit. Now, I don't mind a corporate situation, but I have taken to fast-forwarding it because I had four episodes to watch and I could not care less. It was exciting when she took the camera to herself. A Polaroid camera down her top. I was so confused by that because I looked at that and I was like, is that a digital camera from 1997? They've made Chloe like she's 50 because at one point she didn't know how to use the cloud and Hendrix had to teach her about the cloud. I'm like, okay, Boomer, what? Why didn't she just use her phone? Like to take photos. To take nudie shots. Well, I guess Lasseter's in the middle of a spy cam controversy. True, true. She wants to keep things hard copy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, she didn't know about the cloud. I feel like she does. But wait a second, how old is she? 32. She was 30 when she joined the show. Look, there's a lot of people who just don't back up. I understand not backing up, but not understanding what the cloud is, is bonkers. Whenever whenever I, like, you know, hear of situations people have lost documents, I'm like, but come on, mate, Jesus saves. Like, do you remember the meme of that? Hendrix did raise a fair point. Email it to yourself. That's a classic. I email shit to myself all the time. I yes, but really, like, if you're not thinking to press save, you're not emailing it. No, you you actually have to save it first. You don't need to. In this day and age, everything auto saves. Exactly, especially in a corporate environment, which it must have because he did dig it up. In in, in our office, which is the ABC, which is just not at the forefront of any modern technology, trailing edge. Yeah, every day our servers would back up the entire day's work. So if you got in the next day and you bungled your document, you could go back to the day before's save. Hey, Lassiter, what's going on? But she's just, she's not made for this life, Chloe. No, a five-year contract. Lady, you're on a, you're you're on a limited contract yourself. Todd Porterage is there like, oh, the the court let me off with a warning for allowing pornographers into the hotel. Chloe's like, oh, lucky I signed that five-year contract. I'm like, Chloe, have some sensitivity here. That's all right. Therese is going to be at the top of the (laughs) not-for-profit chain. So she loses a document, so she relies on her son-in-law, which is what most people would do if they... Yeah, oh, look, hey, I'd, I'd be happy to get some yeah. young Chloe person to help me with yeah. my tech fix issues. It. don't care how, just fix it. Exactly. And he does, and then he happens upon one of the nudie photos. Well, no, because he saw her earlier. Like, I was like, this is actually, the, this is like Chekhov's um, envelope. Yeah. And she was putting it away and he's he's eyeballing it. He's like, he, he waited like a good couple of hours. Speaking of that. Chekhov, by the way, the trope is Chekhov's gun. If there's a gun placed early in a scene, it's got to go off by Act 3. So Charlotte in the Neighbours Council has clocked mm. the close-ups of the baby monitor. So she's like, Chekhov's mm. baby monitor's got to go off at some point with Ellie and... Finn and B. Is it a video monitor or is it an audio one? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't clocked it as well as Charlotte I haven't clocked has. it. But actually, I clocked it once when she was living back at the Kennedys and thought that frame was on that for too long. But I, I thought it was a lot more possible there because they were in the same house. By the way, I bet she just leaves the baby monitor on and then goes back to the Kennedys for some millsy time. Probably. Like Madeline McCann style. Yeah. By the way, I'm really enjoying Carl. Seems to be having some sort of postpartum stress. Yeah, he misses the baby. He misses the baby. <laughs> I actually think he's, as a doctor, he's legitimately concerned for the welfare of the I baby. You may be right. He wants to build a granny flat. Mate, Would I've you- seen his garage. Just convert that room. I think that's a great idea for them, though. I like that for their family. Also, Paul at one point on Friday, um, so on Friday's episode, the three men and a baby take little Asta for an Anne Getty-style photo shoot. Yes, I, I'm, I can't wait to see this. You posted about this. So, actually, um, actually, they actually needed to drop the word Anne Getty's because it wasn't Anne Getty's. It was just like a standard, like, cutesy baby photo shoot. There was no babies in pumpkins. Yeah, she was just in a basket. But 
Also, it's a it's a thirty year old reference now. <laughs> oh, no, it's like seriously, so like it's really old. Like everyone's like, "Cool, you idiot!" I'm like, actually, it's actually, fair point. When Ellie was a baby, she yeah. may have featured in an Aunt yeah. style photo. She, she she was a pumpkin baby, but neighbors councillor Lara, who's the mother of baby Isla, who's Asta, said that the art department have promised her some copies Aww. of the prints they took. Ooh, what a bargain! You don't have to go and get newborn photo shoots if your kid's on neighbors, do you? <laughs> Sure, some other mother will be in it, but that's okay. So they had a fun day frolicking, like parading the baby around the house with props. And Paul comes in and starts judging them. These are gorgeous. Mm. Yeah, just as long as the boys aren't too invested. Well, they don't know how long Ellie's going to be living here, do they? Oh, come on, Paul. Could you please just try and enjoy the moment for what it is? Instead of sucking the joy out of everything. I just don't want the boys to get hurt. If that makes me the bad guy, then... To Rach is like, oh, for God's sake, Paul, stop sucking the joy out of everything. It's a nice moment. <laughs> oh, I love that for them. The tempers were flaring this week at the most random moments and bloody Bachelor Tim had a massive crack at Hendo. I thought it was some good work from him. Yes, Hendrix has done some heinous things. So he stole a nudie pic of Chloe and then he put it back and then he got caught and Chloe was ropeable, that he'd invaded her mm. privacy that way and she was inconsolable. She wouldn't hear a word of apology from him. He was genuinely distraught at his own actions. He's, but he hadn't expressed that to Chloe at that point. No. he was So, yeah, yeah. yeah. she's right to hold that. She's rage. right. Like, fair enough, that's her body. I actually feel like Benny, who plays Hendrix, is one of the best young actors they've had on the show in years. Didn't somebody tell us that? Yeah, one of the one of his castmates told us that. Oh. Christy, I think. Christy Willem-Brown. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. He um, was welling up when he... So then Pierce, his dad, has a go at him and I thought this was spectacular. You have done a lot of things to get under my skin and disappoint me. But this is the first time that I have been ashamed that you are my son. I'm sorry. You cannot joke about, objectify, or invade people's private space. I know. I know. I get it. Hendrix, this was all like washing over him. Like he was feeling really guilty. But when Pierce said, this is the first time I've been ashamed of you, I'm like, hang on, what? Come on, I like, don't remember the, the formal where he was like having like a real go at his dad. I was like, I'd, I'd be ashamed of that behavior there. Don't you remember the 16 years when you didn't mention him? <laughs> well, he didn't feel ashamed of him then. Well, actually, oh, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. Or um, copping a pash of... He, he pashed um, Harlow. Harlow. And, yeah, had a crack at his stepmom. Like, there's, there's a lot of moments of shame. Stole the credit card. I, oh, that, that, the blue box that incident last week. Oh, yeah. You know what? He's on brand. I was furious with him last week, but lovely Bridget, our guest from last week, who just was endeared by him and was like, I like him. He's naughty. <laughs> made me like him a bit too yeah but anyway chloe's called in the big guns mum mum lisa oh so i've missed this okay so she the phone rings pierce's phone rings and his ex is calling and so chloe grabs that she's like hi nice to chat Here's some things I'd like to discuss with oh, yeah. you about your son. And Lisa was very happy to speak to Chloe too, yeah. and which I think you would be. You'd be like, well, hang on, I'd like to meet the woman that my son now lives with. Uh, except news to Lisa. That he'd moved to the Kennedys. So he's like, oh and God. Hendrix was really hurt. He's like, Dad, you didn't even tell her I'd moved across the road. Mind you, Hendrix didn't tell her either. Like, True, no one told Lisa. Maybe Sue should have suggested somebody told the mother. It, Maybe Sue's assumed that this was happened. I mean, it's a pretty mm. normal thing to tell. Sue's is just worried about the bloody chores roster. Mm. Like, no one's cleaning up the toast crumbs. Carl's worried about the steak budget. <laughs> it's a bloody hot mess. Pierce freaks out because now Lisa's coming next week. And Pierce is worried about, he underlined this word in his speech, the impact 
she's has an impact on our relationship. So she's coming with an impact. That's all we know. So that's all happening next week. Did I leave anything out crucial? And ah, yes, I did because I missed it because I was watching a preview episode and they hadn't cut in the bushfire scene in the scene I saw. So I had to go and hunt down the special added scene in the real episode because they knocked it together in two days. That was amazing that they can do that. You could also kind of tell, but that's fine. Don't worry. Beggars can't be choosers. Obviously, Australia has been hit with a bushfire crisis and inactive policymakers are not making that any easier. And um, there's a smoke haze across the cities and people have lost homes and wildlife have lost habitats and it's horrifying and everyone's rallying together. And we said, what a shame that Neighbours isn't mentioning it. They're like, oh, Kirsch is enjoying sunny Sydney. And this week they mentioned the bushfire crisis. And it was really lovely. And I watched it and I actually teared up a bit. And I know you think I've got a heart of stone because I actually don't give a shit about Sonia anymore, really. I, I don't want to hear any more about it. But I was like, this is really beautiful that they've they've done this scene. And then the follow-up scene afterwards where um, it was a lot of the solemn-faced cast mm. talking about how they really feel for people who have been experiencing this. But so in the episode, Aaron and David come around to Sheila's because they want to book tickets to the Waterholes fundraiser night. And then they have a moment of each talking about their home cities and is everyone okay in Adelaide? Is everyone okay in Sydney? I didn't actually yeah. realise Marnaco was in Sydney. There you go. Oh, yeah, she's, was... she's got diabetes or something. That's why she can't travel for a deadly son. Her de- son yeah, well, on no, she can't or... donate. Maybe out of travel. Yeah. But just really... No, she's had health issues. She couldn't fly. Oh, she's just a bitch. Let me go. <laughs> I mean, okay. you could drive. I mean, I've driven there for a football game. <laughs> It's really great to have this yeah. and I know that they would have to move heaven and TV mm. earth to do it and, you know, maybe it wasn't perfect or whatever but I'm, I really appreciate yeah, it. we'd rather have it there. But there's, there's people across Australia who've been affected by this and we've been affected by it. Like our air quality in Melbourne has been horrendous. Like it's, you know, we're waking up to headlines saying this is the worst air quality. It's worse than mm. New Delhi. But and shops, like, um, wow. shops are selling out of face masks. My friend oh, yeah. just came back from Perth and he brought over a, a box load of masks for his yeah. friends. And not just any old masks. We, are, we now know that you have to get a special P25 mask as well. How the hell do we know this? You know, like yeah. it's horrendous. It's- um, like I was carrying my son today and I've been walking around without a mask in the city and yeah. so forth. And like I had chest pains just from trying to use my cardio muscle, like trying to use my breath. Mm. You know, it's, and this is just left over from because it's starting to improve a little bit here. It's you know uncanny to walk outside and smell burning smells just from the smoke. Yeah, my fear is just that governments won't take action to prevent it something like this from happening again. But I think the louder we are about that, hopefully they'll listen. Yeah, realistically, we're looking at this for the next few years. Yeah, this sort of situation it's happening horrifying. again and again and again. We yeah, something needs to happen at a government at a federal and international level. Yeah, write letters, write oh, emails, and Colette mentioned that they got back from summer holidays on Monday, shot the scene, and it was on air by Wednesday. That's brilliant. And write letters and use your dollar and when you can vote next. Use that Ooh, too. Yes. Um, maybe you guys can try and figure something out for me that I am unable to figure out. You, they are, not, yes. not the listeners. Yeah. Um, apparently, my almond milk is kindling all the bees. <laughs> and... I don't know what to do because I can't have that much milk and I need a lot of coffee. Go, so, okay, here's a top tip. Have fucking black coffee, mate. It's disgusting. No, gross, mate. What no. is this? Yucky. Have and a Diet Coke. I need a latte. I'm a Melbourne have, person. I need a latte. Right, we'll take this offline. <gasps> oh, the biggest thing I learned from our friend, friend of the pod, Ellie, she didn't know what a Slurpee was. 
There's no Slurpees in the UK. Kate bloody force-fed our friends. She forced these people into eating potato cakes and dim sims. Okay, they loved the potato cakes. So they could experience it. And Martin did eat all the, the dim sims. Quote, unquote, yeah, Australian. Whether he wanted to or not. Well, they were, I didn't force him to eat them. He, I looked down and his bowl was empty. Quote, unquote, Australian <laughs> culture. <laughs> Does that not gobsmack you? Does that not make you go, imagine a life without because a frozen Coke, Coke slash Slurpee? It's so freaking cold there. I, know, I mean, I know it's cold yeah, enough what's a there, bloody London, what's a, It's an English person going to do with a Slurpee. I used to Just love a winter. Hands. I loved a winter Slurpee. Yeah, you could have the heater yeah. on in the car but feel frozen so on the Kate, inside. Do you know what I have with my lunch today? Oh, because. Frozen Coke Zero. Oh. Because finally, techno boffins in the food science world have worked out a way to make a frozen Coke Zero. Okay, I think this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> can, we, can we do citizen or citizen? I am going to go first because I know for the first time ever I'm going to go with Carl because he's missing the baby so much. And I just feel for him because he had he had attached with that baby better than Ali, I guess. Yeah. Hey, she should call him round. Yes. He's a doctor. He knows what to do. He'll say, look, get your top off and put the baby on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if he's not going to say, he'll get maybe a midwife or a lactation yes. consultant to yes. come round and tell you about yeah. it. Kate, do you have one? Yep, she doesn't. To um, Shane for going off at his wife and equating her flashing Gary with him being um, emotionally unfaithful to her. Yeah, and I must admit, Dippy, put your clothes on in your husband's workplace. <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> and also, they had a scripting error because they kept calling it a trench coat, but it was just a wrap dress. Mm. But whatever, these things happen when you're trying to shoehorn in current events. Um, I'm going to say, finally, she's been a citizen for a while for me, but Chloe, citizen. For finally calling this young man's mother mm. and telling her what's what about her wayward son, who could stand to be in the buddy club, I've got to say. Mm. I think Aster's going to be in that buddy club soon if someone doesn't feed that kid. He could make a box. And um, saddest bitch in Eridsborough this week, I was thinking about giving it to Finn for getting rejected with a proposal. So that, that's pretty good. But then I looked at that and I thought, no. No saddest bitch this week. It's the baddest bitch. Lizzo Ooh. style. You say I ain't the baddest bitch. I am. I love this. It's going to be yes. for turning down that proposal. They just say I'm not the baddest bitch you like. <laughs> Excellent. New I, category. I can really I can really get behind a, the baddest bitch. Oh, so you like bitch in that term, but you, you don't like it with saddest bitch. Yeah, well, Come on. Okay. All right. Yeah. Reassess your language, lady. Yeah. I don't <laughs> mind it when we take it back. <laughs> yeah. We've got to reclaim. All right, <laughs> gonna wrap it up. My favorite podcast is when they can't control it, so we're just doing this to you now. <laughs> can we got to go because I got we got to sort out CJ's almond milk issues. Feel free to weigh in on the neighbors. Yeah, council. If, if you know if there's a sustainable almond farm, let or me know. Nut milk alternative. No, no. Well, it has to be low carb. Like, can you do cashew or macadamia? Or I could do macadamia. We have to. Do they not it. kill bees? I don't know. We're gonna take. We're gonna do this research. Can't you put cream in it. Oh, I can do that. Do that too. But it's really hard to make a latte. Okay. We're going to look, we're sorting I love out. How, I love how you're just like, whatever. I'm sorting this out later. Oh, don't drink it. Tweet CJ on it's Instagram just, about it's this. new information to me. Tag CJ on Insta stories. At CJ the hot mess mom. Sort her out. Kate, if you want to talk about frozen beverages. I'm at Remude on Twitter. And if you want to just leave me for a moment of peace, I'm Vaya Pashos on Twitter. Oh, and we will post up a screenshot of the review that we received this week. Oh, it was really lovely. Thank, Thank you, you so much. On Apple Podcasts. And yes, nudge, nudge. Don't forget to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Five stars would be grand. Makes our day. Yeah. We'll catch you next week, gang. Bye. Bye. Bye.